Hello and welcome everybody for a new episode of Advanced Real Estate Talk. My name is Aurelia, I'm the Mindful Investor. I'm here with Glenn and Darcy and today we're going to discuss debt versus equity. And this is um, uh, an important uh, topic uh, because when you invest in real estate, you don't, necess- don't necessarily have all the funds required to do it. So you may want to bring partners in that, gonna bring, that are going to bring some uh, equity, or you may want to use debt. For example, if you use the, um, the vendor to carry a second mortgage to help with the down payment, that's one way of doing it. And the first person to discuss it will be Darcy. Oh, nice. Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's a rainy, wet day and the first weekend of the spring out here when we're recording this. So just if that helps settle you where we, where we are, well, for Ontario you, guys are enjoying yeah. sunshine. I'm enjoying yeah. Vancouver sunshine, which is wet and hundred percent humid. And yeah. I've got a nice sunburn. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. I'm pale as a ghost. <laughs> it's nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ori set us up with an idea about debt and equity. I've got a couple of ways to think about it because I've got some mature properties and then some new properties. And I, I, I take this idea that I got from a phone interview that I got, I was privileged to have with Bob Dylan from Main Street Equities. And it, one of the things that popped out of the conversation with him, he says, Darcy, the work that we're doing is mostly toggling back and forth between debt and equity. So, and some of my properties, We've held them for a, a while. They've increased in value. We paid down our mortgages and there's a substantial amount of equity in the property. And by that, I mean, the building's worth $5 million. It has a $2 million mortgage. There's $3 million in there that is paper value. It doesn't show on the balance sheet, but if you were to take a market appraisal of that, say this property's worth $5 million, you owe 2 million in, in uh, bank financing, and maybe you owe some more money to your partners that's not showing in there. That's that's how I regard equity. And that helps me sleep at night. And I know that if that property were sold, I could pay off all my debts and there'd still be a healthy amount of money there. And if, if that's important to you, if sleeping well at night is important to you, that's good to have equity. I think of it as ballast, something that keeps the vessels, you know, the vessel of my business stable, secure, and I'm not worrying. Yeah. Um, Sorry to cut you off, but that's literally what you have to think about is how this personally is going to affect you. Because we talked about equity on episode four and mm-hmm. we were talking about the same thing. And I was like, oh, strip it out. Do, you know, make it where your money work. But you have to sleep. You have to yep. sleep. Absolutely. And that for me, so, you know, it's going to be a personal choice of how much you carry of each of these things. Banks love to see tons of equity. If you don't need much financing, they can give you very attractive rates because they're, the security is there. They know that that property is worth two and a half times what you have, what they have extended. They're not worried. They're really not worried. So they love to see equity, but that doesn't help you if you're trying to build a portfolio. You're going to have to be more aggressive and you're going to have to toggle and shift towards debt. And, you know, there's good debt and bad debt. And I've, I've struggled, you know, with partners and partners of partners. And that's usually where the problem is. One partner is quite aggressive and the other partner is a little bit more careful and they don't realize there's good debt and there's bad debt. You know, debt that you can't afford is always bad. Debt that you can't service is terrible. Credit card debt at 27% on a Dalmi's card, that's horrible. 19% on a Visa, that's awful. Um, but what if you had a $2 million mortgage on a property that's underwater, even if it's at 1.7%, that's still horrible. You can't manage that. That is bad debt. You don't want that. But you have to have debt to grow. My father-in-law, Rudolf Eidenberg, 
had this saying and he said, I put it on our website uh, with this picture. Cause I love this. I love this, this idea. Cause it, it really challenged me. He said, you show me a young man without debts and I'll show you a poor old man. If you don't take risks when you're young and take on debt for advantage, you'll have nothing when you're old and you don't take on debt and risk at 65 unless you're insane. That is yeah. a bad choice, <clears throat> right? But when you're 28, you can afford to take a, be a little more aggressive with debt and you can toggle towards the debt side, take on debts so that eventually you'll have equity. And, you know, the process then is, you know, to borrow from uh, Bob Dylan is not the singer that we said earlier, <laughs> um, but is, is a toggling between debt and equity moving, which is it the one that you want to be in right now, which is the one you're moving towards. If you have lots of equity, you can move it towards debt and increase your mortgage and take money out and reinvest. So you're just moving the equity and separating it from one big chunk in a property. So when I, for instance, that $5 million property with $3 million in equity, you can divide some of that up and leave some of it in that property and put that equity into another property in the form of debt. And that's just constant work uh, that we do. Um, and, you know, I think that's what I can contribute to this thought right now. What are you guys thinking? And well, Darcy, what yeah. like, um, for your, your, everybody's an equity partner, right? In your syndications, right? Yep. It's all equity. There's no, you don't raise the just straight debt where you just pay an interest rate. That's right. I'm using banks for that. And there's a quite a difference in how I treat both of those and how I'm treated by those parties. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Cause I know, cause I, I, we brought this up on one of our after chats in the last couple of weeks when I was, I was talking about someone else's syndication. I won't do name drops, but mm -hmm. they were starting to do multiple offerings. Right. So you could, we could pay you, um, a higher flat interest rate, or you could have a lower interest rate and have an equity stake at the end. Right. Yeah. So it, cause every people have different goals. Right. And so, you know, some people be like, Oh, I'll just pay you a flat 10%. Right. Or I'll pay you the 6% going all through or based on how we perform or however you do it. And you get part of the end. So you probably would make more with the equity partner, um, yeah. but you're, you're in it. You're more part of the whole thing rather than just a, uh, an investor. Right. You're, you're, yeah, you're, that's an important distinction. You know, I, I was writing on my notepad before we were talking, I take notes last night for this discussion. And I wrote on the debt side of my ledger, what you have is termed debt. It's on two years, three years, five years. It's very specific. It's conditional. That's the 12 pages that you get from the bank. Um, it's generally by pros, bankers, insurance companies, uh, mortgage co's, those, that's on that side, that termed one, or it's second mortgages through an agency or some other person, but it's very specific and it's for a term. If you talk about equity partners, this is generally unconditional. It, there might be a partnership agreement. They put in money, but it's very personal. It's forever until you dissolve that partnership. You never, you know, unless to get out of it, you have to buy them out or sell the asset. There, you're, you're there for life. An equity partner is more like a marriage. Whereas a, uh, a debt partner, I don't know. You can trade them out. You can. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can trade them out easy, right? Maybe that's a little bit more them. like a call girl. I don't know. Let's not force that <laughs> metaphor too far. But you, it's more complicated to trade out an equity partner because they're like, well, maybe yes. I need part of my stake at the end. I've been doing yeah. this for a certain period of time, right? I want more than what I have in it. Like it's way more complicated. Yeah. Debt they carry more risk. For yeah. sure, they carry more risk and they expect more reward. So they're in it for a long time and their reward is at the back end. You know, so I would caution people to be really careful which, which partners you take on in which place. Early on, you're so 
happy that someone will be an equity partner and put money in that you say yes, because you need that because the banks are saying no. But later on, the banks say yes, and your equity partners, they become somewhat of a challenge um, because they have higher expectations and they're taking a, a bigger piece of the pie. It's they deserve it. They put up the money in early. That's part of the deal. But just make sure you know that and they're not going to chafe under that, you know, when it comes to time to, you know, sell the assets and there's a giant check and they're carrying away 80% of it. You go, wow, I worked that hard. Then there goes 80% of all of our earnings to those equity partners who put the money in at the beginning. They earned it. Yep. But uh, you'd have to know which, which partners you're talking to and, and the whys. Yep. Or you do uh, private placements and you have debt and equity partners. How does it work for you? Um, so one thing about equity, I like to buy properties and it's getting rare now with the, you know, the markets getting hot uh, across the board, but I like to buy, you know, with some equity, a, a little bit of equity built in. That's always mm -hmm. nice uh, when, when it's possible uh, in terms of um, I haven't really brought any partners in except for one deal and and i was cautious the person i picked um but i so in terms of control you know that's uh, that's something that we need to consider also when you talk about debt versus equity when you have debt you know you 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 you're in control and uh when you have equity also when you're you know if you structure it uh, with a limited partnership and you're the general partner you're in control but but you're accountable to these people and mm -hmm. and for me in my deal I was very cautious who I picked. Uh, somebody that wouldn't call me every day, you know, asking me, okay, where where are we at today? Knowing that it's a long-term investment and not, nothing really happens in the... I handle the day-to-day -day and there is, you know, I don't need to do a report every uh, every week and she's not asking for it. And uh, so we, we chat on a on a regular basis, but not too often either because it's, it's pretty simple. It's a pretty simple deal. And... Yeah, and yeah, I like that. And uh, like we were talking with um, with Glenn the other day about this uh, this famous syndicator who's now starting to offer debt to people. So, and it's I like the way it's presented because you're you're given two two options. One option is the amount of interest is higher, but it's debt, which means they keep the asset and versus the equity, the amount is lower, but you get some upside at the end once it's refinanced and or sold. So I found that model quite interesting. Yeah. And, uh, and it's yeah, interesting. Timelines, right? Timelines in your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah. how far are you through and you're starting to see you're giving it all away. You're like, hey, I could just give it partially throughout and this could work out in our, my favor in the future, but yeah. it's a little bit a little more sacrifice now because I'm paying a higher interest rate. And Glenn, because of the timelines, you're using very short timelines, right? You're 90 to six, 90 days, 120 days, 180 day timelines. Yeah. A lot of times it's half a year and so, uh, um, yeah. without doing name dropping, but I was talking to a very good investor in uh, Eastern Toronto and uh, he was thought it was bonkers that I would offer equity partners ever because mm -hmm. of the timelines he's like yeah. and how long are these timelines right if you're talking you just need the money for a short period of time and then you're cashing people out and but you're keeping them in the deal when you're still doing all the work what's the point like why why do that to yourself why not do have all debt partners because you're it's a short short, short period of time and you, you start factoring in what is the cost for even high debt say i'm going to mm -hmm. pay a very expensive rate for debt 
um, people will line up to make a very high return for debt, right? And if you're only, especially if you only need it for a short period of time, it seems less risky, right? In, out. So it's it's one thing that my business has been transitioning more to, to debt partners than having the equity partners, unless they already have an existing relationship with them and we're already working together very well. So what would you be your high rate um, uh, debt partner? 12%, well, is that what you're thinking? Well, right now I often pay 10% is usually the average um, but you know, if you were, if you go to some of these real estate meetups and you just like went, uh, I'll, I'll pay a higher amount. I did this. I did this. I went to the KWC REI meeting way back and it was afterwards they had the open floor and there are all these people. I want my private money, private money. Private. That's everyone went up there to say the same thing. And I just, I went up there and they had this whole story about the building they're doing. And I just walked up and I said, I'll pay 25% and just sat down. I, I didn't give any information. I was up and down. I was swarmed afterwards. <laughs> but the thing was, I would pay 25%, but if I was going to pay 25%. It was for those projects where I need the money for like three weeks. I just yeah. need short. I just need until the lender can catch up, right? Then I can put the mortgage or whatever on. I mean, you know, you have projects. Sometimes people need to close in like two days. You want to be one of those people that want to fund those? I'll pay you 25%. Why not, right? You go, if you don't, if you get rid of the whole percentage mindset on it, you're like, how much would you pay to be able to close this deal right away? And you're like, oh, so it cost me say $1,000 or $2,000. I got the deal and I wouldn't, no one else could get it. And I was able to work, move way faster than everybody else. And for $2,000, that's just a line item. If it line mm -hmm. item and it works, it doesn't matter. I'll pay a hundred percent if it's like for, if it's the right deal, right? <laughs> yeah. If it could make sense. Well, if you start thinking it like, it's just to hire an arborist to take down a bad tree in front of a, a building, it's $1,300. That's the carrying charge for 12% on $75,000. You just do it, you know? So it's $20,000 for a year, but you're only flipping this in six months. It's 10 grand and you're going to make 70,000. That's the cost of financing. You just move on. Imagine, I think the timelines are important. I think there is a lot of, uh, a lot of potential in there. And, uh, you know, cause imagine you could create yourself such a huge portfolio doing that over time and having debt partners and you, you say, thank you, here is your 20%. And now, now I get to keep all those houses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's something very appealing about a shorter term and knowing what you got. And one of my challenges are our timelines are two to three years. Mm -hmm. So if you're carrying say a million dollars for three years, That's... you really, you can't afford 8% because it's going to be a significant number and it's all conditional on refinancing. So I do have to give away equity and take on partners that are going to take that risk of that timeline. So any time, anything you add time to is going to have a higher risk. More things can happen. Sure. You could see ahead to the future for the next month, Bank of Canada rates or the U S fed rates for a month. And you could quantify your risk based on just a month, but who knows what's going to happen in two and a half years? Nobody. Yep. And so, that's, that is why, sorry to cut you off, but that, yeah, no, that is good. why I take <clears throat> equity partners sometimes. So often, yeah. like more often than debt partners, Yep. is because um, the, the carry costs, right, to go yep. through it, right? Some of them, you're like, hey, we're doing a $200,000 project, which still isn't a, not a lot, but you're like, hey, we're going to do that. And we're, the carrying costs at, say, 10%, you're like, hey, I don't, I don't want to pay the $2,000 every month for yeah. it, right? And by taking someone on, I can alleviate that because you go, oh, I want to do like 10 projects at a time. Well, 
$2,000 say each project is for payments. You want to do 10 of those? You're like that's a high carrying cost. And mm -hmm. that's why you take on the debt partners mm -hmm. as a mix. Because I like to be, I like to still have something in there, but um, anyway, that, that's where you, that's why you take equity partners really, yep. because you don't want those carrying costs and your partners are often borrowing from a line of credit in Canada, which is now at like one and a half percent or 2%. And they can easily afford the carrying costs for this yep. period. Yeah, because it's likely that they're paying a low interest rate on the line of credit or it's from savings so that yep. they're calculating in their risk and it's under 2% or under 3%. And I have to acknowledge that, you know, my investors are going to be listening to this podcast. I have nothing without them. Unless they put in equity, I can't make that deal. And, um, you know, I am grateful. Like in on April 7th, I was saying to the guys before, I'm going to pop a bottle of champagne, a very good bottle of champagne and acknowledge the contribution of my I think 42 equity partners in Windsor that helped us buy in Windsor and uh, realize an extraordinary return through Roar Ryan Investments because without them, we didn't, we'd had one building in Windsor or maybe two, but in this case, we had nine and we sold two a little while ago. And, you know, without those equity partners, we, we have nothing. I'd be uh, just still paging through the pages of Canadian real estate wealth magazine and different books and dreaming about it. So so I think you know. in summary, like you're going to need to take on debt to scale. And yeah. it honestly, it's hard to take on all debt partners. And I think yeah. it, it's tough on your, at the end to take on all equity partners. <laughs> yeah. You're toggling between them. Yep. You really are. Sounds good. Sounds like a good conclusion for oh, our take episode. Yeah. Thank you everybody for tuning in. And as usual, if you like, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please leave a little review. We always appreciate those. And we look forward to see you next time. Thank you. Nice. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. And if you want to send us a question that you would like for us to cover during the show, please send us your question. Email us your question at advanced reitalk at gmail.com. Once again, it's advanced reitalk at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.